Welcome to We Are Free. I am your host, Becky Morquecho, and you're listening to episode 29. This is a podcast about letting go of what we think our lives should look like and the sweet freedom God has for us on the other side of surrender. Today, my guest is Natalie Hickson. Natalie is a certified professional life coach who helps discouraged Christian moms overcome destructive anger and burnout. She enjoys her own motherhood journey by hanging out with her three daughters and her husband, Mike, in beautiful Bozeman, Montana. She recharges with Jesus, coffee, and adventures with her family, like skiing in the winter, hiking and swimming in the summer, and traveling year-round. Hi, Natalie. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> I like your little adventure lineup, skiing in the winter, hiking and swimming, and traveling year-round. That sounds oh, nice. Yes. <laughs> Do all of your girls ski? Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. they love it. That's love, awesome. love it. I grew up skiing in Wisconsin. Jesse always teases me. He's like, you grew up skiing in Wisconsin? I said, yeah, they have ski hills, but you know, he's from California. So he's like, those, I showed him the ski hill one time when we were back there. He's like, that, you skied on that? I'm like, yeah, when I was little, it looked a lot bigger, but I hear what you're saying. (laughs) Uh, Hey, bunny hills are everywhere. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What is the weather right now in Montana? It's it's the classic spring weather, which is it snows four inches in the morning oh and it's gosh. all melt sunny in the warm and warm in the afternoons. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's we've had a few cold fronts move through, but yeah. Um it's somewhere between thirty and sixty given yeah. any given day. Yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds pretty. <laughs> yes. Natalie, uh, tell us a little bit just about your story, about who you are, um, why you're so passionate about talking about anger with moms um, now. How did you get to this place? Mm -hmm. Well, I grew up in a family where destructive behavior, anger was, it was, that's how it was processed. Anger was processed through screaming and yelling and slamming doors. And I just kind of thought that's what anger looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents are far different today. I always like to make sure I say that because it's true. If you're listening, <laughs> mom, I love you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's been a few podcasts. I'm like, oh, I forgot to say that, but they're really awesome. <laughs> but yeah, I grew up in that just that's how I learned anger was processed. And uh, when I got married, I married someone who was not that way. He was a non-yeller. He was very quiet. (laughs) And so in our arguments, I would be screaming and throwing things and slamming doors. And he's just sitting there kind of quiet and withdrawn. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? (laughs) Why won't you just yell back at me? Yeah. Um, But I started to realize early in marriage that there was something there like this this maybe this isn't so normal right Mm -hmm. and yet at the same time I didn't know that there was any way to change it and had no tools or understanding on how I would even begin to change it so nothing really changed a couple years into marriage we had our first kiddo Enya and uh as she grew into her twos Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would say you know, when they start to kind of come into their own and, and know what no means and start throwing their toddler fits, uh, I did not know how to handle it. And so it would it would make me very, it would trigger me and get really, really upset. And you would find both of us on the floor throwing a fit, screaming mm-hmm. at each other. I absolutely reverted to my two-year-old self with her and we were both just throwing epic tantrums. I mean, 
I would spank her out of anger. I would scream in rage. I would threaten her, belittle her. Um, I just, it was very, very destructive and abusive. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I knew it was a problem, but I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't know what, what to do. And I kind of figured it was just my heritage because Scottish Irish. I'm like, yeah, of course I'm going to be angry. This is just the way it is. Right. But it, it didn't feel right. And Mike was afraid. Like you could tell he didn't like it either. So, um, but he couldn't step in because I would just get more angry. Yeah. But we brought her sister home a few years later and, uh, her tantrums got even more epic. And at that point, I was starting to really look at her as the problem, mm-hmm. not seeing it in myself so much anymore. Like if, if any would just listen, if she would just stop throwing fits, then I wouldn't get so angry. Mm-hmm. And I can remember one time nursing Skye, her sister, and Mike's trying to put Anya to bed and I'm in a room with the door shut and I'm hearing this epic tantrum going on. I'm just getting more and more and more upset. Mm-hmm. And finally, I just come to this place where I lost it and I, I just screamed at the top of my lungs for Anya to shut up and Sky pops off and she looks up at me and she just gives me this horrific face and starts wailing. Mm. And I'm like, this isn't okay. Like something's got to change. Well, of course, in that moment, I'm still thinking it's Anya. So we took Anya to a therapist. How old was she at the time? She was about, I want to say she was about three or four Okay, when we took her. Um, so, yeah, we took her to a therapist and she observed Enya and, and Mike and I were both there and she had Enya leave the room and she looked at me and she's like, you know, Enya's a perfectly normal uh, child for her age and development. <laughs> I'm just like, well, yeah, of course she's good for you. Like, mm-hmm. we're not at home. You're not seeing what, what she's like at home. And she's like, yeah, well, uh, I really think you, Natalie, are the one who needs to be in here. Mm-hmm. And... It was just one of those jaw-dropping moments. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm like, what? Me? (laughs) And, but deep down inside, I knew, like, she was right. And it was, it was a relief for someone to finally be reaching out and saying, hey, you're the one who needs to work through this. And so this is where we're going to start. Was she the first person, like, Mike had never said anything to your family. Like, she was the first person who called you out on it. Yeah. 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 Yep. Uh, My mom was like... My mom was frustrated with me. She mm-hmm. actually lived next door. We lived in a condo duplex. And so she would come over in my rages when I would call her. I'm like, mom, you need to come over. I'm going to do something that's not okay. Like, And she would come over and actually protect the kids from me um, and take them or have me leave the house. But she like, she didn't know how to take care of it. She didn't know how to help, how to help me except to be there when I got so angry. Yeah. Um, so did you start going? Mike, so what happened after the therapist told you that? Yeah. So I went to therapy for about four years Okay, and it was good. I mean, I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about my, like where I came from and, and it was helpful and it was helpful to have someone to talk to, but I left therapy again, four years later, still screaming and yelling at my kids. Like the pattern had not stopped. Uh, I say that that moment in my time, my life really got the ball rolling for my personal development. Mm-hmm. And, um, and self growth and, and growth, whatever, but it still took another like nine years to get through to a place where I, I really am in a place now where I don't freak out on my kids and rage and, um, I'm absolutely not perfect. And we'll talk more about that. And, and that's not what I profess, right. but 
got to a place where I learned that anger is not our enemy. Anger is not the problem. Anger is a natural human emotion that we need to have. And instead of looking at it as the enemy, we need to learn how to work with it mm-hmm. to be productive instead of destructive. Yeah. So, so how did you heal? Took- like, so the four years of therapy didn't, not didn't yeah. work. I'm sh- of course it did good in your life, but yeah, yeah. What happened in those next years that changed you? There was a lot of learning, you know, it was, it was reading books. It was um, self-development. I was trying different businesses and just kept on the personal growth journey. Mm-hmm. And one thing led to another. I ended up in doing life coaching school and that taught me a lot more life skills and how to process and work through things. And then just working with coaches myself, life, life, life coaches, business coaches, mm-hmm working with coaches to help bring me and and call me out on places where they could see that my mindset wasn't in the right place. And it was really just kind of a natural process that occurred. Mm-hmm. And um, then as far as like actually starting to coach women through this, I went to a mastermind with some friends and ended up talking all night to one of the gals and we both had this story with anger and she's like Natalie you really need to be teaching moms and talking to moms about this because you've come so far with it and so it wasn't technically until I started I did a podcast with her and I started getting clients it wasn't technically until I started working with clients till I really put together and pieced together the different things that I did to kind of help me work through that Mm -hmm. which is like looking at the triggers and um, learning how to process anger in the moment. And it's just kind of one of those things that naturally came together as I tried to help clients work through it. So, Mm -hmm. So what would you say the triggers were for you? And do you still have those triggers now or has that changed over the years? Obviously your kids are older and different seasons. So it's, it's different. You don't have a, you know, 12 year old probably acting like a two year old, but um, sometimes some, well, we all we all have our moments. But what? Yeah. yeah what was triggering you? Um, you know, in your hardest days. I think that it was just this lack of knowing how to work through it. Um, mm-hmm. Anything when when the kids told me no, I didn't know how to respond without trying to control them. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, like today. Um, when one of them gets upset, I have so my the girls' ages are 16, 12, and 9. And um, when they get upset, especially the nine-year-old right now, and it's just where she's at in her development, she'll get really upset. She may scream. She stomps off to her room. She'll slam her door. And when my 16-year-old was at that age doing that, I would follow her in a rage, banging on her door, screaming at her, and like breaking through the door and just tormenting her right whereas today when my now nine-year-old does that I just I let her go I don't feel this need to have to fight her or control her I recognize she just needs to calm down she needs to process when she's calmed down she'll come back or I'll go check on her and we'll work through this situation but I learned that um trying to control the kids while they're trying to process their anger was only going to make things worse. It only made things worse. Yeah. So you feel control is probably the main issue. Yeah. Like when you feel out of control, when you don't know how to, to work with, uh, the kids, how to get them like my 12 year old right now, she'll all out refuse. If I'm like, you need to go take the dishes or take care of the dishes. She looks at me and goes, no, I'm not going to, you can't make me. And 
instead of how I used to react where I'd start screaming and threatening her, I'd be like, okay, fine, we'll play that game. And if, you know, when you're ready, you'll do the dishes or I'll have a different chore for you to do. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to push you to do something because I recognize I can't control you unless I physically hurt you. Yeah. And that's not going to happen. Yeah. So it's just recognizing this is where they're at in development and and my development. So as I grew in my personal growth, my maturity level grew as well, right? So I can look at them as an adult now and help them work through their issues as opposed to coming down to their age level and working through it with them or not even working through it, just escalating the yeah. the issue. Yeah. Natalie, what changes have you seen in your girls, like in their reactions and responses to how to how you've changed? Like what what changes have you seen in their lives because of how God has changed your heart and changed your actions. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, the relationship between me and Enya is, I, I call it beautiful. It's its amazing. And I can remember when she'd be throwing her two-year-old tantrums, people saying to me, oh, just wait until she's a teenager. She's going to be like 10 times worse or just as bad. And it would always irritate me. And I like to say this, like if people speak that over your kids, you have every right to look at them and say, no, that's not, that, I don't need to believe that. Don't speak that over my kids. Yeah. Like, um, I don't choose to believe that. Mm-hmm. But she's not. She's she's incredible. What happened is communication. You can't say too much to your kids. Like, we learned to communicate. We learned how to recover. We learned how to calm down in the moment. I learned how to validate their feelings by learning how to validate my own. And through doing that, they are able to process and we're able to communicate and recover and um Enya knows her story. She knows the story. She knows the abuse. I'm very open with her about it. And I've told her, kiddo, if as you're growing and you're processing stuff, you know, if something ever comes up that you like need to talk to me about or need me to ask for forgiveness, please come to me. I'm here for you. And I'm always willing to help you work through it. Or if you need someone else to talk to about it, like, you know, so. Does she openly talk? Does she talk about it a lot with you? Or do you feel like she's healed? You know how sometimes when you're really traumatized, Mm -hmm. you might not remember it, especially because kids are really like, they don't know how to do anything with it. So they choose to forget it um, and they just distance themselves from it. So she doesn't remember what I talk about, but I've tried talking to her about it enough to kind of jog her memory a little bit. So she will work through it. Mm -hmm. Um, So she doesn't remember a lot, but what I do notice and as we've been talking about it, we've, I've kind of pointed this out when I raise my voice, which we can talk about the difference between destructive anger and anger in a minute. But when I raise my voice, so if I'm in the kitchen making dinner and my, my kids are upstairs, um, whatever, like there's distance there. Yeah. Dinner time. Social distance, right? (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Right. Um, or if I've like, called to him a couple times and then I use my mean mama voice like this the little sharp edge like get your butts to dinner um if my teenager's around she I see her kind of like she gets a little anxious mm-hmm. right and so I as I've been noticing that I point it out to her and say you know I think that you may be feeling this way because of those triggers from the past and and she'll get kind of like she tries to control her sisters if her sisters start to get too crazy and so I kind of point that out like it's okay if they're that way like you're not going to be harmed you're it's a you know so helping her work through that pattern yeah um and being okay with lack of control herself 
Exactly. Especially growing up. I mean, she's 16, you said? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot's going on. (laughs) Totally. Uh, So Natalie, tell me the difference between anger and destructive anger. And yeah, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So I really look at anger being that healthy frustration, irritation, you're annoyed, you're starting to feel like maybe your kid's starting to tell you no, or maybe they're fighting and you're just feeling that initial like, ah, um, that's normal. That's totally normal. Destructive anger is when we're using that to control or abuse in the situation where we're just losing ourselves. We're all out screaming. We're slamming doors. We are um, physically abusing them. I mean, I remember leaving little bruises on Enya's arm by squeezing her, Mm. pulling her to her room, that type of anger. Um, that, that kind of abusive anger, threatening them, belittling them. And then there's also passive aggressive behavior, right? Like maybe you're not a screamer, but you're, you're use the silent treatment or you get really snarky or you make them feel bad because like, kind of like they're not good enough because they upset you. Mm. So that's where I really draw the line. There's a difference between, you know, if, if you have asked your kids three times with their shoes on and they're still not doing it and you raise your voice, that's normal every mom raises her voice at some point. Right. Yeah. So I don't see that as being destructive. It's when you're really losing control and just, I mean, I remember checking out, I would go into this screaming fit and then I'd come to like, what just happened? What did I just do? Um, it was, it's very scary and very out of control feeling. Mm-hmm. So how do moms recognize, I mean, it might feel or seem obvious, like, oh, I know what makes me irritated or annoyed or angry, but like maybe somebody listening doesn't like what, how do we pinpoint our own triggers? Um, How do we become more aware of those things? Yeah. So I say, look at them when you're frustrated, when you've had a moment of um, you've, you've lost it and you're you can look back on that situation. I actually have a trigger tracker for your audience. They can go download and ask questions and you distance yourself from the situation a little bit. So maybe it's an hour later, maybe it's a couple of days later, but you sit down and you ask yourself these questions kind of from a bird's eye view. What was going on for me? What um, was, was I hungry? Was I hormonal? Um, had I not gotten enough sleep the night before? What's going on with the kids? You know, how are they feeling about things? What was the situation? And I have them write out everything, like what exactly they did. Cause that can be hard to like face, right. To really just, um, basically admit I did this and to write that out. And, um, then they finish the questionnaire with, Um, What do they want it to look like going forward? Mm -hmm. So by processing these situations, we can start connecting dots as to why we're getting upset. We can see some patterns doing that. And um, I like, I like my clients. They fill them a couple out a week. I like to just kind of see where's the um, patterns in that. And what that's really doing is it's helping you bring awareness to the next time you start to get triggered. You're like, oh, wait, I remember this. Um, and this this isn't how I wanted to act. You may still walk through the destructive anger and I'll talk to you about how to work through that. Mm-hmm. But um, you're aware of it now. Instead of just all out losing yourself, you're aware and you're you're opening your mind up to okay, these are things that I didn't know before and now I'm no, and now I'm taking inventory and recognizing. Yeah, no, that's good. Would you say, I have a feeling like women um, 
might feel a lot of like shame and guilt and mm-hmm. like fear of opening up about this, like you being in the industry that you're in and working with these women who are dealing with these things, have you found like this is more common than um, maybe people are talking about or do you feel, yeah, I don't, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, totally. It's scary. It's scary to admit that you've abused your children, right? And in in a time that we're in where if you like just stop, talk sternly to your child or if you were to spank your child in public, something like that, and you're afraid that someone's going to turn you in, right? And it's it's just scary. And so, and then there's this other side of, well, I don't want to admit that I'm that way because I always wanted to be a mom. So me admitting that I don't like being a mom and I don't like the behaviors that I'm going through, that feels really difficult too. There's this, there's pride and, and we have to face those things. For years, I hated being a mom. I did not like it. I, I regretted having kids and I had to shift my mindset. And as I did personal growth and worked through this stuff, I, I did shift my mind to the point where I adore having kids. I love my role as a mother and I wouldn't change it for anything. But what was I telling myself for so long? Right. And I had to face that and really recognize Mm -hmm. looking at it. But yeah, it's, it's just scary in general to try to reach out and, and it's defeating. Um, you know, especially there's so many women I talked to are like, I always dreamed about being a mom. I didn't realize it would be so hard. And it, it just feels like, why can't I do this? And they take it on themselves. Like they should be the ones who take care of everything. Whereas I try to help moms understand your, your husband, if he's working, he's probably not um, doing everything on his own. He probably has some people helping him or systems and processes that are helping him. Um, but most likely he's got an employee or, or, or he's part of a team, right? And us moms think that we shouldn't have to, he works hard so much, so we shouldn't have to ask him to help us um, or we shouldn't admit defeat. So it's just kind of that very different mindsets of being afraid, um, admitting defeat, mm-hmm. those type of things that can all come into play. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your marriage, if you would and are willing to. How yeah. did um, the change, the changes that you were making, affect you and Mike? Like, how would you compare your marriage to what it was compared to now? Um, and opening up to him, like, how did that feel? Like, how did he respond? Yeah. No, oh, this was it was great. Um, he he was afraid of me. Like he, when he would try to step in, like he would step in if he saw I was actually really going to hurt the kids. He had to protect them. Right. But he, um, he was just afraid in general because I would escalate if he tried to stop me. Um, and our communication between the two of us, it wasn't good. There was many nights where I was up screaming at him like three o'clock in the morning, wouldn't let him go to sleep because I was holding on to some probably insignificant thing. Right. But I just, was so out of the ability to understand and to control and to process. Um, as, as I continued to grow, I was able to open up as able to express how I was really feeling and do it in a way that wasn't destructive just, and be okay with saying, um, babe, I I'm hormonal this week and I need extra help. 
And he was like, yeah, of course, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Whereas in the past, I'd feel so much guilt and shame around him and having to ask him, I would just push through it. And then we'd end up having even more problems. Um, whereas so today, admitting like, and like confessing and just like speaking what yeah. the truth that's on your mind before we as a, you know, our own human being and women, like take it to another level that isn't even necessary, probably. Uh, absolutely. Um, we got to the point where we were contemplating like really seriously. We're like, we need divorce. Like mm-hmm. we can't go anywhere anymore. And then we ended up finding a life coach who worked with marriages and we worked through our communication in that to a point now where are there times we get frustrated? Yeah, but it's our fights. We don't have fights. We have discussions. It's not heated anymore. It's working through it. There's no, there's no more pride in the way. It's just like, this is, this is me. And this is where I'm at. Take it or leave it. I need help, you know? And it's Mm -hmm. the same, same thing on his side. And our relationship is just, it's so much, uh, it's just like your podcast. It's free. Mm -hmm. It's, we're free to be ourselves. Our kids are free to, to process their emotions. We're free to process our emotions and there's no guilt. There's no shame in that. Yeah. And, and we're not perfect. I don't ever want anyone to think that we don't ever have a problem. This morning, I was sitting on the couch holding my coffee. Um, one of my kids plopped down on the couch, coffee spilled all over my pants. And I was like, ah, why did you do that? Right. Initial reaction, totally shamed her for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and a little bit later, after I was cleaned up and calmed down, and she was, she came back down, and I saw her, and I was like, "Oh man, I'm so sorry. Like, I should not have blamed you for that. It wasn't your fault. It was a total accident. I yeah. just reacted. Right. And I'm hormonal right now, so I'm catching this. I'm like, whoa." Oops, little on edge. Yeah, I have <laughs> right? a friend, a very wise friend who said this one thing and it stuck with me. Um, it's always on my mind because I come from a family growing up of like reactors as well. Um, they're Everybody's working on their own stuff now, but but for sure. But the what she had said that stuck with me is that like, we're allowed to like our first reaction, our first like, we're allowed to feel whatever we feel, but we do have- yeah. Like we might not have control over that initial feeling, but what we do have control over is like to process it and like how we react. So it's like your first response mm-hmm. is like your own, fine. But like your second, like where you communicate it with somebody or you have an action or a reaction, like we have full control over that. So yes. I'm a heavy feeler and like tend to be a reactor. And definitely over the years, a lot has changed in that way as well. But when she said that it really stuck with me, like I can feel what I feel like that that's going to happen, you know, but I have control over how I respond um, with those feelings. And I think that's so true. Yeah, I think that that absolutely it's totally true. And I think part of the challenge is um, hearing that and going, but okay, so I have control on that reaction, but why can't I control it? Right. Yeah. (laughs) So I want to give your audience something that I use. It's called sit and it's stop, inhale, and tune in. And so when you start to feel that first initial reaction of, of anger, uh, I want you to start taking deep breaths. And I'm going to talk to you about why that's important in a second. Um, but stop. So breathing and separate yourself and the kids as 
as much as you can, try to get everyone to go to timeout. And I really like to encourage moms to use timeout, not as a punishment, but as just a, hey, everyone, mom is getting angry. You guys need to separate time or we need to separate. It's just, we just need to cool down. Okay. We'll talk about everything that's going on right now after we're calmed down. And so whether it's five minutes, 15 minutes later, um, you just stop and separate yourself from the situation. Mm-hmm. And then um, you're breathing. Why breathing? Because breathing resets the entire nervous system. And here's why. Like literally you have a brain in a brain. Of course you have a brain. You have a bone in your um, head called the sphenoid bone and it rocks back and forth as you're breathing. And so as you're taking those deep breaths, breaths, you're really massaging the pituitary gland with that bone, which is sending out all the feel good hormones, right? So it's completely relaxing you and it's calming you down. So that's why it's so valuable. It's not just this little thing. Oh, just take a deep breath. Like that's why it's literally resetting you. And as you're doing that, you're tuning in, you're going, okay, you know what? There's nothing wrong with me for feeling angry. There's nothing wrong with me for, um, you know, being frustrated in this moment. Of course, anyone's going to be frustrated with this. It's normal. Um, you know, so why, how can I work through this in a productive way with the kids? Or do we just need to calm down and, and reconvene and talk about what's going on? So you're really validating yourself in that moment and calming down and really hear that it's, let's take the shame out of a negative emotion, all negative emotions, because we feel them. God gave them to us. God has them. It's just part of who we are. We're designed like that. We can't cut anger out of our life. So we use anger as a speed bump to stop, slow down, tune in, and recognize there's an issue. How do we work through it in a healthy way? Yeah. Uh, and, and then you come back to your kids and then we use recovery with our kids. So you can recover whether you exploded or recover just to work through a situation. And that's, you know, if you exploded, you come back and you're like, hey, mom is really sorry that I screamed at you. That was not okay. Please forgive me for that behavior. Mm-hmm. It was okay that mama was angry. It was not okay that I screamed at you. Mm-hmm. So you're taking responsibility. You're asking for forgiveness. And then you're tuning into them. What was going on for you? Why are you upset? And you tailor this to the age of child that you have. Um So you're just helping them put words to their emotions and Mm -hmm. validating that the emotions that they felt were okay. It's okay that you are angry that your sister took your truck away. It wasn't okay that you threw your truck at your sister because you were mad, Right. right? And so you're helping them associate feelings are okay, validating how they have feelings, and then talking about the behavior. So after all of that, then you can go into consequences, Yeah. right? Because if you dish out consequences when you're angry, it's not going to do the same thing that a consequence after working through the issue is going to have. So, okay, trucks on timeout for the next hour because of what happened, right? That's when you can work through that. Yeah. So that's really my sit and recovery process to work through anger in the moment. Yeah, that's good. I like it. Very practical. I like those things. <laughs> uh, yeah, right? <laughs> Natalie, so you work with Christian women, Christian moms. Um mm-hmm. The Bible talks a lot about anger. Um, let's talk about Jesus for a second. Like what in your work, in your you know research, in your own personal Bible study, and since like it does talk about anger and since you are doing this in your life, like your career is based off of something with anger, like what have you learned? Like what does Jesus have to say about this? Yeah, 
You know, one of the verses that always comes up for me is that we are to focus on the good, right? That the all good comes from God. And um, I really take that to heart as going, you know, we need to keep our energy high. We need to focus on the good things. We don't, he does not want us sitting here shaming ourselves for being terrible moms. Because what happens to us when we sit there in self-pity and guilt and shame, we are totally dimming our light and we are not serving anyone. We're only serving our own self-pity, right? And serving the enemy at that point. But when we can recognize, okay, yep, I made a mistake. I'm not the mistake. I need to work through this. God gives me grace. Jesus died for me. I have the grace of forgiveness and I can work through this with him. He's given, he'll, he will lead me through this, right? And he will help mend these relationships. And as I come and say, I'm an amazing mom. I have amazing kids. We are working through these challenges together. What am I doing? I'm shining his light. I'm feeling his love. I'm able to serve my family. I'm able to serve other people and help them. Um, if I was still sitting here feeling like a terrible person because of my anger and not really working through it, I wouldn't be helping the hundreds of women that I help work through this um, because I'd still be seeing my own shame. Yeah. But instead, I'm like, here's my story. It's raw. It's real. And it's not pretty. Mm -hmm. But if this touches one person out there and, and gets them out of their um, comfort zone to reach out and say, I need help before they hurt their kids anymore. Yeah. That's it's shining our light. It's focusing on the good. And it's trusting that God is um, he's there and he's helping us through it. And one other thing, too, is. The fruits of the spirit, I can remember being so angry because I'm like, God, I accepted Jesus. Why don't I have these fruits? Right? I mean, the spirit is supposed to give me these fruits. And when you read the verse, um, you notice that he produces the fruits in you. He doesn't give them to you. He plants the seed. So that means that we have to grow them. And we mm -hmm. have to cultivate that by spending time with God, by um, working through the difficult things and trusting that he's helping us grow through them. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. <laughs> that's good. I like it. I think that's um, all really true. Yeah. You have to seek him. It doesn't just come to you out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. 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 Natalie, what do you feel you have been set free from? <sighs> that that bondage of shame and guilt. Yeah. Yeah. Like recognizing that negative emotions are are there to help us. And they're not there to make our life difficult. They're there to actually challenge us to become better mm -hmm. and to restore relationships and make relationships better. That's yeah. good. That's freeing. I like it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you for sharing just something that's really hard to talk about. And I feel like you, um, you're just being a great witness just by sharing your testimony. And it's about a topic that probably a lot of people don't like to talk about. So I appreciate you doing that. And I know that people listening do as well. Uh, where can we follow along what you're up to? Um, see your sweet girls. <laughs> yeah. So I'm at nataliehickson.com. And if your followers want to go to um, nataliehickson.com slash freedom, they can download the trigger tracker and get that sheet to process some of that. And then I'm also at Instagram at Natalie Hickson and Facebook at Natalie Hickson. Awesome. Thank you, Natalie, so much. Thank you.
Again, don't forget to check out the show notes where we have all of the info and links and resources we talked about in the show. You can go to beckymorkecho.com, B-E-C-K-Y-M-O-R-Q-U-E-C-H-O.com. Thanks for listening in.